Hey gang, welcome back to Straight Up. This week we're bringing you another sparkling chat with one of our fave celebs and we hope that you're all doing really, really well. How is everyone? We're still recovering from the absolute devastation of not being at Glasto this weekend. So I'm actually going to move on from that pronto, not dwell on it, and ask you, my dear Elle, what have you been up to recently? I've not seen you in person since before I went to Ibiza, so that is like, what, two weeks? A lifetime by our usual standards. I know, and because we hate the phone that we don't phone each other, so it's either... We're seeing each other or we're just not speaking. It's all on Apart from WhatsApp. Um, talking of Glastonbury as well, can I just say that I actually had a ticket in my desk drawer the entire weekend. Sad and times. because of staff shortages, I wasn't able to go. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually really upset that I've actually missed the last Glastonbury of my 20s as well. It's or okay. that you had that last year. Exactly. Don't, don't dwell on it too much, honey. And just tell me what you did on Friday or Saturday night instead <laughs> to make up for it. You're just like, stop talking about turning 30 <laughs> every episode. Um, so... It's okay. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. For any <laughs> listeners who are in their 29th year and they're on that ride with Ellie... We feel you, we hear you, but you've got to accept it. You've got to shut up is what you want to say <laughs> every time I bang on about it. Anyway, I was at the box, which is very fun, fun of me. I don't normally go out, like out, <laughs> out. Um, and I realised how little I go out, out because I had no heels. I had to wear an ankle boot. Anyway, so I went to the box. It's basically the super luxurious, like, quite saucy little club in Soho where they have like kind of sexual shows that like we me and Cather's see we saw a golden shower on stage there after the GQ awards we did I that hope everyone knows what a golden shower is you please don't not google it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting I definitely felt like a massive prude but you know quite yeah fun. you and Issa were like shying away and me and Marlon were trying to get closer actually Issa this time when um one of the drag performances did a lap dance to the guy next to him he oh. actually just ra- ran off. I thought you were going to say to him for a minute. I was like, oh my God, that would have been No, I wanted amazing. it to happen yeah. to him. He would have <laughs> actually passed out because Issa hates any attention on him whatsoever. And it's like, so you all sit around the stage. So like all attention is on you if the performers try and interact with you. Anyway, it's very fun. Really recommend it. Go downstairs for like this Hall of Mirror extra secret club with loads Ooh. of little secret cubby holes. Yeah, it was very luxe. Um, what about you? Well, I was trying to take it quite easy because obviously I went quite wild. Well, no, I, that's ridiculous to say. I didn't go wild and I beat that. I was on holiday with my mum, but I was drinking every day. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. But I mean, I, you know, drinking every Bernie day is like Bernie likes days. a good time though. Bernie does like a good time. She likes a rosé. She likes a cocktail. Um, so yes, I went out. I was at Soho House on Friday night just for some dinner with friends, which was fun. And it was actually very quiet there as well, which I think is because of Glasto sob. Um, oh my God. What are your um, Ibiza Rex? Oh, okay. So I stayed at Petunia, which is in the like south um, west of the island. It's near Esvedra, if people know what that is. It's like this big rock that's said to have like magnetic properties. That's kind of a um, a big like... Uh, uh, it's a landmark. It's a landmark. Yeah, it's like a natural landmark. It's really beautiful. This Hotel Petunia that I stayed in that I've been to before as well. It's so good. I've been twice. Um, looks so right good. out of it. It's just like literal heaven on earth. Like it's the most relaxed, but like also mm. kind of fun. Like they have great music around the pool. They have really good drinks, like mm. a vibey like crowd, but also like very chic. Like there was like one or two, I think there was a couple of like stag dudes there, but they were like, you know, like very well-dressed like Italians type of stag do rather than like scary Brits in San Antonio. Uh, anyway, highly recommend that. And I also 
definitely recommend going to check out Cala Cabo and Cala de Hort, which are two really cute beaches near there that have great like beach restaurants if that's your thing. If you're into the bougie stuff, then go to Casa Maca, a really, really like amazing kind of Instagram outdoor restaurant, which is hideously expensive, but very fun and lovely. So definitely worth it for like one bougie take your mum take yeah, your mum to pick mom. up the bill exactly well I actually picked up the bill for her because she did you well she had treated Gosh. me to my flights and accommodations so okay yeah fair yeah, enough that was pretty much the least I could do I also read this great book educated which by the way I whatsapped you about and you didn't reply so um yes don't know I'm if you've sorry. read it or not but for those I haven't. who would like I actually didn't know what the hell you were on about you were making it sound like it was like an event book and I was right. scared that I didn't know sorry uh, so yeah basically it came out in like 2018 so I'm super late to reading it but Obama chose it as like his fav- one of his favourite books of that year and it won loads of awards and she was mm. Dr Tara Westover the writer um, it's a memoir was like on the podcast circuit and stuff so yeah what's it about? it's a memoir she grew up in rural Idaho with a dad that was like uh, not only like a strict kind of Mormon but also a survivalist so he thought that like the world was going to end and they had like you know loads of stuff like under there like fields out the back and everything um Mm. so she never went to school was never even registered when she was born no birth certificate like a very rural like alternative upbringing in that sense and very religious and you know she basically got herself to college and later to Cambridge to do a PhD and hence why it's called educated it's like how her life and world like opened up completely once she started an education highly highly recommend that gotta lend it to me babes i will have you, got, um, do you want to do a book swap have you got anything to give we'll to do me? a book swap yes so i've been i'm only halfway through but it's called notes on heartbreak by annie lord also a memoir by vogue stating columnist nice. and it's basically about how her boyfriend well her ex broke up with her really unexpectedly after a five-year relationship and she thought she was going to have her whole future with him she's going to marry him have kids so it's a huge shock and it basically traces like how she doesn't really get over him uh well she hasn't so far and i'm halfway through and what i love about it is it just leans in so unapologetically into like the intensity of feeling that women often have when they're heartbroken that we're like often shamed for having like intense waterworks melodrama theatrics which i was really here for i was gonna say that's so a bit of you I love a good cry. I love a good melodramatic cry. It really upsets Issa though. He's always like, stop it with your crocodile tears. Because yeah. like, you'll be like, let me just is... put on a really sad song at the same time to really <laughs> maximise the impact here. <laughs> Have I got enough water in me? Yes. <laughs> so um, I think sadly, not sadly, thankfully I've never been heartbroken because I've been with this for 10 years so for me it was like this huge window into what it's like to be heartbroken so I was like <laughs> really living for like oh my god yes I really want to feel like heartbroken looking out the window and like, yeah no I actually don't want that please don't break up with me, so if you're listening to this but and also then she like dates for the first time in five years and it's like super sexual and hot and interesting anyway gang on to today's guest We're going to go straight in because we've got none other than Crept, one of the UK's most successful legendary rappers, who you'll likely know as one half of the duo Crept and Conan, who have had four top 10 albums and are also, fun fact, the Guinness World Record holders for the highest charting UK album by any unsigned artist. Love a bit of Freak of the Week? Love a bit of Freak of the Week. They are legendary rappers and Crept even more legendary, has now launched a baby skincare brand, Nala's Baby, alongside his co-parent, Sasha, uh, named after their little girl, Nala. I love that name. Okay, so it might sound odd, a rapper launching a baby skincare brand, but trust us when we say that Nala's Baby is totally game-changing. It's been valued at £15 million already, and it's sold out of stock within 10 minutes of going live. We've also been lucky enough to try the products ourselves, and my God, I have been lathering myself in that nighttime oil since, like... 
five, six days ago when it came. It has been a game changer for my post-Ibiza parched, sad skin. Literally, just can't get enough. <laughs> um, I'd say the body butter is one of the few body butters I've had that actually doesn't leave a white paste. Immediately Ooh. absorbs. Stunning. Stunning. I just can't believe that all the products are like £5.50 or thereabouts. The quality mm, is I know. insane. I've actually been watching Crep stories and all the results that he's been getting tagged in just look like actually miraculous and all these little little bubs with like eczema or skin issues. Um, because basically, for those that don't know, what makes Nala's baby so special is that it's 99% naturally derived, vegan, ethically made in the UK. But most importantly, it has a zero rating on this app called Think Dirty. It just blows my mind that no other big brand or entrepreneur or like you know hero company did this before crept but then again as he tells us it is really quite bloody hard to do so yes he does but he is one highly ambitious man as well as smashing his music career alongside conan for a decade the pair have a bafta winning bbc series rap game and an meb for services to music and their croydon community speaking of croydon they've also got a restaurant craps and cones Oh my God, I'm sorry, but the name of that restaurant will forever be iconic, but not as iconic as the fact that Conan once went to my Jammer's Halloween party as a cone. Like, and not (laughs) even, not an ice cream cone, but a traffic cone. Like that was his costume. I mean, ratings. It's been so hard to dance in that. That is great. Um, Also, I have to say the name Creps and Cones is quite triggering for me because I had one of the most mortifying experiences (laughs) of my professional life when Kathleen and I went to record a essentially women versus food special for GQ (laughs) Facebook Live at Creps and Cones where I ate my way through the entire menu. And I terrified poor Conan by asking him some of like really weird would you rather questions because I was trying to be funny. I don't think it worked. I mean, they weren't as bad as the ones that we also asked BB Rexa that other time. Oh, um, guys, God. you are going to have to listen to our BTS of celeb journalism part one for that golden anecdote. And L, maybe this is one we'll share another time. But do you remember that <laughs> that was actually also the date of our very first argument as friends? What the hell was that? Oh, yes, it was. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, gang, since we've interviewed him before, we knew that Crept would be very good value. He has some seriously great stories. We were so excited to hear about his journey to entrepreneurship and fatherhood, as well as, of course, as we know with Straight Up, we always ask how his life has been changed by such high profile success and fame. He shares some really hilarious insight into the far less glam moments of that red carpet life, as well as some crazy stories about touring with Skepta, hanging with Drake and Rihanna, and what it's like to set up a business, never mind date, as a committed co-parent. Some, some wise words there really wise we hope you like the chat uh don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell your friends about us and you can find us on instagram at straight up pod enjoy guys just before we launch into the chat first we wanted to share some ultra ultra exciting intel for anyone who is currently in the market for a new set of speakers because our faves and longtime sponsors q acoustics have just launched a brand new perfect entry-level, easy-breezy, super speaker system designed with users just like us and you guys in mind. Yep, you'll remember from last season how much we love Sticks, and now the esteemed British audio specialists have outdone themselves once again with the arrival of the M20s, the pride and joy of my living room alongside my new Turkish carpet. 
Your rug is so impressive, babe, but I've got to say not quite as impressive as the M20 HD wireless music system. It is the most powerful, immersive, and convenient way to enjoy music, movies, and gaming sound anywhere at home, delivering stunning wireless, high-resolution stereo audio via super sleek, compact speakers that can be perched anywhere in the home. Ideal, actually, if, like us, you're in a London flat and so a little bit, shall we say, tied on space. Exactly. It's the dream setup for music lovers like us who are serious about sound but not super techy or into the complicated stuff and don't want the extra clutter of cables and an amplifier. Essentially, it just cuts all the faff of curating a hi-fi component separate system. All you need to do to get them up and going, plug them into a power source. Everything is built into one affordable, and I must say, extremely chic set of speakers with all the bits hidden inside, and the distortion-free APTX Bluetooth means that you can wirelessly stream musical podcasts from a smartphone, tablet, or laptop, while also connecting a games console, TV, turntable, or CD player using a cable. Side note, but the colorways are so cute, black, white, and a gorgeously retro walnut. Look, it's worth saying, guys, that we appreciate speakers are a big investment, but if you're looking to upgrade your sound system, then honestly, this is the best and the most reasonably priced option out there, and so worth it. Q are known as the very best in the business for a reason. Even Taylor Swift uses Q acoustic speakers, guys. What better endorsement is there than that, I ask you? Mm -hmm. So whether you're a host with the most like Elle, or if you just like a Netflix and chill done properly, these are the speakers, I promise you. I, for one, cannot ever imagine going back to watching anything, let alone good films, using this TV's own speakers. The quality just sounds so rubbish to me now, and I know Marl very much appreciates a little bit of properly soundtrack sneaky Sunday morning Xbox too. For more details on the M20 HD wireless music system, head to qacoustics.co.uk. That's Q, the letter, acoustics.co.uk. Thank you so much to Q Acoustics. Hello, Crept, and welcome to the Straight Up Podcast. What a pleasure What's up, it is man? to see you. After many years, we were just many saying... Many years. <laughs> we couldn't get enough of you when you were working at GQ, and then it's been a few years, a few years without interviewing you, which feels like... A lot. Yeah. Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a nice way to, to ease us in. So we always start the episode with uh, a bit of an icebreaker. So normally, because we obviously our episodes are always recorded over a drink, we've got our beers here. I know that you have just launched a baby range, but I'm afraid we had to stick to our roots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we normally ask our guests, when was the last time they had a little bit too much to drink? But obviously, you have, you're drinking a pineapple and orange juice mixed apple. together. Oh, sorry. Apple. Apple. Yes, pineapple so and apple juice mix. Is this a new, a new clean crept? Um, no. Just my favourite. It's just my favourite drink. I do it at the same time. I pour it in the same time, so it's like the same. <laughs> Okay, is it because it's a Monday or like do you secretly drink non-alcoholic drinks when you're out as well? I guess no one no, can tell. I, I, do you know what? Do you know what? I only will drink if I plan on getting drunk because I don't really like the taste of alcohol. So I don't drink it like socially, innit? My, the first time I got drunk was at uni. Didn't know any portion control, didn't know the effect of drinking directly from a bottle because it was my first time. I had a Hennessy bottle and I was just drinking from... The bottle, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm drinking." But didn't know that this is about to change my life. And I just remember, I it was like two minutes away from my house, and it took me about twenty five minutes to 
walk back home. So we were just chatting about how you are living in Manchester at the moment because you are working on the new season of Rap Game. Um, where do you like to go out in Manchester? Have you got to go to a couple of restaurants, any bars? Actually, went tattoo. When I went tattoo, I was sitting down and was eating, and then Conan tapped me and he was like, "Isn't that all of the dragons on the table next to us?" And we was like, I looked and I was like, "Oh, that's literally all of the dragons." And then, I, um, because I, I, <laughs> I, I follow Steve on Instagram, we follow each other, mm. um, and then. I tapped him on the shoulder, I was like, yo, what's happening? And then he was like, yo, what are you doing here? And I was like, yeah, we're filming a rap game. He was like, oh, we're filming Dragon's Den. Like, I was like, oh, you filming up here? He was like, yeah, yeah, this is where we film it. And then he was, we, we started having a conversation. He was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just about to launch this baby product. And you know what I mean? And it was interesting because I've been watching Dragon's Den for like the last couple months, just watching it. And then he was like, oh, yeah, tell me a bit about it. And then I was when I was telling him about it and everything he was so excited about it. he was like oh my god this is amazing and he was like what can, can, can I invest and then he showed <laughs> Peter, then he showed Peter Jones and Peter Jones was like how are you in boots already kind of thing and it was just like this wow like it was it and then he was like oh, send me over the deck and like let me have a look at it like let me see and I sent it over to him and he's like can I invest in it and I was just like <laughs> you're gonna let him We've done we've no because we've raised we've you raised the investment already yeah we've closed uh, it but yeah. but we're obviously going to do another round for went for expansion and I said like we'll be more than happy to have you in that round and he was like yeah hundred percent this seems incredible my question on Nala's baby was literally going to open with as fans of Dragon's Den will know uh, to be launching in boots is like basically unheard of yeah so it's it was crazy. a fifteen million initial valuation. Based yeah. off the back of your initial Based investment of, round, like oh, yeah, congratulations! Thank you. It's no, literally insane. You. Like no, insane. It's crazy. Like we was, we just, we just like literally overwhelmed with, with what's happened and and the feedback and the response and you know to get in Boots because Boots is like the hardest retailer to get into because they're so picky with what they want and stock and you know especially for like baby products as well like it's like a for them to stock a baby product, it's got to be so good, so unique, so different. And we ticked all their boxes and they was like, yes. Like they, they actually initially offered us more stores than we actually took. But we wanted to start off a bit smaller and grow into the business rather than just jumping headfirst into something massive. Well, as Peter Jones says, it's not even just about getting it on shelves. It's getting it off the shelves once it's there, right? Exactly. And that's what we You know your dragon stone she know, Yeah, she's a, yeah. I'm a nerdy dragon stone fan as well. No, I love dragon stone. We're big Stephen Bartlett fans. We went to see his Palladium gig. Gig. It's not really a gig show. Yeah. It was wild. It was Epic. It was spiritual experience. journey musical many of our listeners will know you first and foremost as a rapper obviously you are also an entrepreneur um behind the restaurant crepes and cones which they i'm sure will know mm -hmm. of us already but how we like to know a little bit about what our guests kind of daily schedule looks like and kind of get nosy how mm -hmm. much has your day changed from when you were just making music like can you give us a little like before and after like what did your day look like now versus what it looked like then um <laughs> When I was just making music, I basically put it, I had days off. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. I actually had days off and days where I can just chill and 
because um, it's you know you get in the studio you record you spend so much time recording and once your recording's done everything else is just planning music videos shows and that and that's it do you know what I mean and when it comes to like a business that does not stop like it's literally every day you wake up there's a bag of new emails that you've got to go through Baby care maybe isn't like the most obvious pivot for a rapper. Nope. Um, I read, I think you said in your announcement you've been working on the business since before Nala was even born with yeah. your co-parent Sasha. Um, <laughs> so a couple of years in the making. Um, mm-hmm. What made you feel that like now was the right time and that you guys were the right people to bring like clean skincare for bubbers to the market? Because it's actually kind of mad that no one's done it before. Like with yeah. your Think Dirty rating for listeners that don't know, Think Dirty is an app that rates all the like skincare brands in mm-hmm. the world according to how clean, yeah, clean they are. toxic yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. And you uh, guys... Um, yes. front runners game yes. changers we're the first the zero zeros. rated baby brand in boots Amazing. which is like a massive achievement um and yeah no it it started because of the actual app and you know when sasha got pregnant she was obsessed with like just making sure everything was clean and natural and she didn't want to use anything that was bad or harmful or toxic and everything that and then someone recommended this app to her and said, look, there's this app. It literally, you can see everything that we're getting as gifts, you know, for the baby showers and all of that stuff. So we're typing in all of these products that we're getting into the app. And then it tells you the rating of the products. And it was like, wait, so there's just scores. There's eights, there's fives. I'm saying, so there's no zero rated. There can't be no zero. So there's not a zero rated range, like a trusted zero rated range that we can go and get zero rate products for Nala in these retail shops and there was like there was nothing and I was like nah there's no way and then it was a case of being like oh okay you know me my business hat on all the time why don't we make it why don't we be the first one then and you know a lot of people have the idea and then it's just like actually bringing it to life so then it it was a case of yeah um, is it just too hard that's why no one else yeah, has done it before. Yeah, it is, it is. It's very hard. Like, it's, it never took two years because we wanted to wait two years. It took two years because mm. that was how long the actual process was. Um, mm. But yeah, and then we reached out to um, some a, f- a few people that we thought could help. And they was like, okay, sounds great. And I was like, yes, but at the same time, it needs to be around £5.50. And that's when <laughs> they was like, what? <laughs> like, it was like... <laughs> You, you want, basically, you're trying to make the best thing ever, but you want it to be priced at £5.50. I was like, yes, that is exactly what we want to do. And they was like, um, that's, like, that's, that's a very big ask. And I was like, yeah, I know, but, you know, everything that's good for you is always expensive, isn't it? So we wanted to make something that's good for you, but also accessible, isn't it? Um, and they was like, okay, cool, let's, let's, and then, so we went back and forth on the formulation alone for about a year and a half. Just back and forth, like, you know, I was researching like a madman. It was in lockdown as well. So it was, you know, I had all the time in the world. If I'd, if it wasn't lockdown, to be honest, it probably would have taken like four years. But because mm. we had all the time and every day I could just sit down on my computer researching. And then I felt like I started becoming some um, scientific 
pediatrician myself because I was like, yep, um, no, this ingredient, I don't like the sound of it. Looked it up. No, can we replace that, please? For And, and they was just like, no, this guy is crazy. Yeah, uh, I read you were like mixing creams before you even started doing the formulation. You were like yeah, mixing stuff we, in Yeah, because we in knew your... exactly. We was like, yeah, we want these ingredients. We know this is a good ingredient. We want that. We want that. And then it was things like, you know, for example, making a product foam, like for bubble bath. It's like, how do you make a product foam naturally? Because you need some sort of ingredient in there to make it foam. That's not going to be a natural ingredient. So I was like, give me a second, I'll be back. And then I came back. What's the ingredient? It's called a quilija plant. So I went and found a quilija, it's a natural foaming agent. And I was like, yep, found one, quilija plant. Yes, this is what we're going to use to foam our ingredient. And they was like, this guy is actually insane, but he's actually brilliant. And... It was just basically back and forth in like that for the a year and a half. And then, you know, we I was like, I want it to be the most natural you can get. And then I was like, 100% natural. And then when he spoke to dermatologists and stuff, and they was like, no, no, that is not 100% natural. You know, that means that there's going to be fungus and stuff growing in there. You need to have a clean preservative in there for it to have shelf life. And, um, you know, as long as it's clean, and it, it's not an irritant or whatever. And then you find out that, you know, there's different kinds of preservatives. There's cheap ones, expensive ones. And then it was just so much. Nala's going to be a bigger celeb than you soon. Yes. So watch out. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I, I don't mind. So that. let's it take let's take it back to Nala, who mm-hmm. obviously started this, this all off. Like, you became a father, I guess, what, two years ago? Yep, yep. So talk to us about what has been, like... How have you changed as a person? Like how has fatherhood changed you? Can you give us some examples of like what you've noticed about yourself changing in a good way? Yeah, um, I would say that a lot of um, my decisions I make now are always with Nala in mind in terms of just the moves that I make and um, sp- splitting my time and, and prioritising that. Because before I felt like I was always prioritising work or prioritising music and it was like no matter what happened or came I'd be like no I've got to go studio I've got to do this I've got to do that but when she was here it made me realise like no I need to prioritise other things and just life in general and you know now I make time for her and I plan around her rather than planning my career and then fitting her into my career it was more now my career's got to fit around her because this is my time that I have with her. And it's and it's kind of made me look at other aspects in that way in terms of just family and friends and, you know, actually having time to, to spend with your your family and with your friends because, you know, that time. And, and it's also made me realise that time actually moves so fast. And we don't realise it because we're adults. So, you know, we, our changes are hardly ever. We don't really change much. But a kid... Like, from when Nala was born to now, like, she's like a true reflection of time. So it makes you appreciate time a lot more as well because Mm. you realise how fast time is actually moving. And it's like, you know, all that time that, you know, the last two years, I've been able to really bond with her and spend time with her. And, you know, I would have regretted if I didn't. Like, if I'd put other things first and prioritised other things, I would have regretted that, I think. And, yeah, it's just put life into a, a much different perspective for me and made me kind of realise what to prioritise and what's actually important, do you know what I mean? And she is the most important thing to me now. 
Sean Paul was our first guest for this series and he didn't have kids until he was in his 40s. He kind of like put it off. Um, focusing on his career first, he said that beyond his son's birth, the big, like, game-changing, pivotal moment for him has been when his son was about two years old, he was jumping on the bed or something, jumping on the sofa, fell off, smashed his head open, was absolutely fine, but obviously it was a big scare, had to go to hospital. And, yeah, he said that it was that that really has been, like, the biggest shift in his life in terms of how he sees the world, how he, like you say, engages with his family. Have you had any big moments like that no no yesterday though Nala she I don't know where she learns this from or where she gets this from but she fell on the floor and then didn't move and then I was <laughs> she's playing dead yeah like but I was just I was just like you know your, she's a prankster <laughs> an early age prankster my heart dropped down to my stomach and I was like, Nala! And she wasn't responding and I was holding her arm and her arm was in the air like this. And Sorry, she wasn't we shouldn't laugh because uh, no, no, it's very traumatic. I was like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, and then, and, I, and then, and then I what said, and then I said, Nala! And then she goes, <laughs> and she started laughing. I was like, how can you do that to me? Why did you do that to me? Don't do that again. And she just started oh, laughing. I was like, where God. did you learn to do that or think that oh. how did you know that was going to get a reaction out of me like <laughs> where did she get that from like do you know what I mean because you're you're That's not even cruel. two yet yeah I was panicking like I literally panicked and I was like no this is crazy where does where did she learn this from have you ever had an extremely but embarrassing moment in public I think the worst thing that sh- that's happened is just had the craziest poo and then the poo was just everywhere and I couldn't control it and it was running it was running down the bed it was like I was just, it was like a poo fest and I was just like oh my god but that I feel oh, like that was the worst the job. yeah I think that was the worst one but then other than that she, like in public she's been really she's always really good to be honest she's like I've never had a moment where I'm like no I don't know oh what you god. do in public actually, if that happens no actually do you know what happened I, I, we was in Boots headquarters actually <gasps> We was in we was in Boots headquarters, and um, Nala was with me, and then Sasha went to I think she went to 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 go get some food or something like that, and Nala was with me, and then she but literally Sasha walks out, and then Nala's like, "Oh, mummy, mummy!" That she wants to go with her mum, so I've taken her off the table, and she's ran off behind her mum, and then. Um, so yeah I've just assumed that she was with her mum but she wasn't <laughs> like I don't know where Sasha went but Nala's roaming around Boots headquarters by herself then we got a call from reception and said can someone from Nala's baby please come to the reception please Oh. and then Nala was just there by herself like, that was like Nala the baby yeah. had the deal been clinched by this point yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, we was talking about planning like marketing and all of that stuff and yeah and she was she was roaming around the whole building by herself but we no. I thought she was with Sasha and Sasha thought she was with me and she wasn't that, with none of us that was a very scary moment 
that is quite bad but that I feel like those bad. things happen like once when I was little my mum left my little brother who was like a baby in a little carry cot I had a rabbit we'd taken the rabbit to the vets and then we basically left my brother at the vets but took the rabbit <laughs> took, took the, the rabbit. rabbit so we got home and the vets were like um you've left your like six weeks old baby here oh my, my mum was like gang us out the car it's like uh he's not in the car yeah, oh. that's so jokes so that they prioritised the rabbit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> had the no. rabbit, no baby. Yeah. yeah, I feel like parents do that a lot. But also, you've got baby brain, surely. Well, I don't know if that happens no, to guys as well. No, I don't think that happens well. to men. Yeah, do you know what? I don't I'm, think he can... Sasha always say that. She's like, I've got baby brain. I was like, Are you, I think now you're just using it as an excuse to forget everything because at this point, <laughs> this baby brain of yours. So talking about co-parenting, so you and mm-hmm. Sasha were together. You split in February 2021 mm-hmm. and it's amazing and so inspirational that you guys have managed to have this amazing co-parenting relationship and then also go into business together like yes. is that as easy as you have made it look yeah I feel like because we both put Nala first and we always just think like I feel like if you put the child first and you think about what's best for the child not what's best for you or how you feel or any of the parents just what's best for the child you always make the best decisions for the child do you know what I mean and that's why we, we you know everything we've done and you know us being able to create this brand it's always been like this is for Nala like this is all for Nala so we're gonna do whatever we need to do together to do what's best for our daughter because she is what we both have in common and she is both of our priorities so yeah once, once you've done that and you've put the child first I feel like everything else is just easy after that so yeah it, it is as as easy as it as it's you know obviously it's not as easy because you know when she's with Nala she's with Nala by herself and I've got Nala by myself and Nala gives us hell but <laughs> you know it's always easier when there's two of you there but besides that you know it, it like our relationship's great and you know we've created something amazing for our daughter and once we, you know, when you look at it in that aspect, it's like, it's a breeze after that. And also, I guess it's probably easier to go into business when you're not an item. Yes, that's you true. You have more boundaries. That's definitely true. Like, it's, there's nothing personal in, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not like, you always, you always, you know, trying to take the lead on things. You're always trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I always have to send it you. Yeah, no, it's literally like, it's, it's, a, it's a bit more formal, so works out so talk to us about what it's like kind of making your name in this different way like we like to talk about how fame has affected people on the podcast um do you feel like going into entrepreneurship where you're kind of more like less the like you're not on stage so much you're like doing emails behind the scenes being a businessman are you finding that a relief from like not always being in the public eye. I know you're making music, but... Yeah, no, it, it's it's very different. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, a lot of the time you're sitting in rooms with people that don't have a clue who you are and you're t- telling them, oh, this is what I do. And they're like, oh, so you're famous then? Oh, you're... Th-. And it's like, yeah, yeah like, this is what I'm doing. Um, which is good because, you know... And as well, you learn a lot because it's a completely different world to what you're used to. And um, I remember reading something that said, like, if you're in rooms where you feel uncomfortable or in rooms where you feel like you shouldn't be there, they're the most, you know, progressive rooms or places you can be in because you're constantly learning. So, you know, me, when I'm sitting at, you know, tables of 
like a load of investors and I feel uncomfortable and I'm like, oh my God, these guys are literally just rich and billionaires or multi, like, and you're just like businessmen and this, that, and then you're here trying to get into their world and, you know, once you, and then when you speak to them and they realise like, oh my God, like you're really like doing something great here and it's it's kind of like, yeah, man, it's, it's a great feeling to be honest. Um, but it is de- very different to, you know, music because I'm so used to doing music. I know exactly what I'm doing. I go studio, I go record, put it out, go on the stage. It's just, do you know what I mean? But with business, there's a lot. It's a lot more articulate, and you know, literally every decision you make can shape the next, you know, position of your business or whatever it is. So, yeah, there's 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 a very big difference. But I really do enjoy it a lot. Like I feel like I'm a businessman in a rapper's body. So yeah, because you've got like all the play dirty stuff, cracks yeah. and cones. Obviously now Nala's baby. Yeah. Any other business ventures that we should know about that I haven't mm. mentioned? Yeah, no, I Obviously. do have one, but do you know what it is? I've 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 kept it quiet because I like the fact that no one knows that we do it. But it's oh like Oh my god, I, I want to yeah, know. Yeah, no, people don't know that we do it. But yeah, we we we're a part of a lot of um the music stuff behind the scenes in terms of we've been a part of a lot of massive records and behind the scenes people just don't know it's us but yeah we do have another would you have a different name it. it's a complete yes yeah, like it's nothing to do with our name it's just a completely different name and it's a completely different business and yeah and this yeah I, we, we enjoy the fact that nobody knows that we do it because it's just something that's you know for behind the scenes and to help you know, artists behind the scenes with whatever it is they're releasing, music and this, that, and, you know, we're a part of that. And we've been a part of a lot of campaigns and people just don't know that we're a part of it. Did the amount of, like, responsibilities that you have ever feel overwhelming? Because on top of all of that, your music career and also your, like, position, I guess, especially after 2019 when you guys went to the House of Commons about drill and the kind of more politicised, like, spokesmanship that you guys have been doing, as well as being a community leader, a role model, just everyone wants you to be everything. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah. pressure. It is It is a lot of pressure, but, you know, you also have to delegate roles. And if you delegate roles and realise that a lot of business is to do with partnership, then you can do a lot more things. So, like, with Crepes and Cones, when we first opened it, it was us literally do, dealing with the business in the day-to-day and it was just like it was a lot and then once we partnered up with some people and said look you guys handle this back end of it and the running of it you know we you realize you can get a lot more done that way so like with with what the other business that I do it you know I've got a team that's just that deals with it every day and then you know I'll just oversee it and then say look I think we should do that or that or that and that's it and they get it done and I feel like that's the key in business as partnering with people you know it's not I'd rather have you know 50% of something big than 100% of nothing because I'm yeah. you know what I mean that's what I'd rather so I'm, I'm, I'm really heavy on the partnership thing and as you can see me and Conan have been doing music our whole lives together we've never split up we've never had no issues between us because you know we if anything, we know. never. Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you guys argue? Would you say that actually yeah, we, you keep if each other we, grounded? Yeah, if we argue, it's over some nonsense. Like, like um, what? Uh, um, 
you said this. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I remember. I'm not silly. I, I, no, but I didn't say that. You, like, it's something so minute. Like, Bickerage. Yeah, like, nothing, like, ever serious. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel like we can, we've definitely shown people that, you know, your partnership can work. Because you first, like, got together in 2005, right? Musically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, 17 years. Um, when was your... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 2005? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 years. When would you say that your, like, made it moment was Mm. that you kind of knew that everything had changed forever, that you were actually a celebrity now, and that life was never going back to how it was before? Never be the same. I think when we released our first... um, Well, when we got our first top 20, when we done Young Kings in 2013... Um, and we released it and then we got that Guinness World Record and then um, we had Don't Waste My Time which was doing the madness and we was performing and like the, just everything off the back of doing that independently and when we first got that chart position and it was like yep yeah, the first independent artist to, to get a t- top 20 and it was like what? And then I think from there and then it, you know you're getting calls from labels and everybody wants to sign you and this that I think that moment was when it was like okay we're in Let's go. <laughs> and did you know? How did you notice that? Like in the real world, in terms of when you walked down the street, or like went to the shops, or like were you? When did you suddenly realize that people recognizing you? You couldn't actually go about your normal life anymore. Um, I think that happened when we done Otis, our Otis freestyle, um, which was probably the year before that. I think was it two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Um, yeah, because that went viral and then I remember we were just going places and everyone was like, oh my God, oh, it's freestyle, oh my God. And we was like, oh, that actually really, really travelled then. And we kind of started realising, okay, this is actually... And then Skepta invited us on tour. And then in 2012, we went on tour with Skepta. And that was like a big deal for us as well. So I think that was like, I would say... I would say actually that was more like, okay, now we're we're on the brink of actually making something happen here. When, and this is real. When we was on tour with Skepta, it was like, we're actually on tour with Skepta. We're going places and they're singing our lyrics back to us and they know us. And that's when it was like, okay, this is real. This is real. Did you ever feel like there were times where you were becoming like what people warn you about, you know, when you become famous? Like, did you ever forget yourself? Like, did you ever feel like you had to someone had to pull you down a peg nah nah do you know what? everyone always says you guys act too casual that's what surely they always you've say. had to have a do you know who I am moment though come on yeah um, do you know what Conan, Conan Conan's more of a do you know who I am bro kind of man <laughs> more than I am when, when did he do that last time I think probably last time when if someone if we've gone somewhere and then the security is moving crazy at the door or something and he's like are you guys and then the manager comes he's like you know I am get the manager and the manager comes like no sorry I'm so sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) actually I did see you once at Amazonico and I think you were wearing trainers I was just coming in behind you you weren't with Conan I can't remember who I don't know who you were but you were having some kerfuffle at the door and then eventually you went in and I was like oh it's probably because you're wearing tracksuit bottoms and trainers Oh, probably. Like, proper shoes only. 
Yeah, probably. And then I had to probably call someone to say, hey, can you speak to the guys at Amazon? I think I saw, yeah, the manager of like the whole restaurant like yeah. came out and like brought you in with his arm around your shoulder. <laughs> I was like, too famous for a dress code, crap. Yeah. And you say you hadn't changed. No, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't even know there was a dress code. I think I'm too casual because I feel like, like I'm so casual <laughs> that I thought I'll just turn up in, do you know what I mean? But I, I feel like I don't use my name a lot of the time. Like I'll go somewhere my friends use it way more than me. Like, my friends will be like, yeah, I'm usually all the time. Like, if we... In what way? Like, for example, my friend had a... Um, my friend had a... was doing their birthday in, in Dubai. And it was like, oh, I'm going to Dubai for my birthday. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming. Like, I'll come, innit? Um, and then when I got there... Because um, it was like, oh, yeah, everybody, we send the money and we're all staying here. And, this, da, 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 da. and then when I got there... It was like, oh, by the way, we only got this place because I said you're here. And I was like, what? I was like, swear. They was like, yeah, they was like, they was trying not to give us the, um, the, the it was like a penthouse or whatever it was. And it was like, yeah, they, was, they were saying that they, they can't give it to us and they tried to change it last minute. And then I was like, do you know who I'm coming with? I'm coming with this person and da, da, da. And then straight away they was like, okay, no, yeah. And then they gave it. And then like, that whole holiday, they was booking like loads of little events, beach parties and go getting into loads of places because they was like, yeah, I'm coming with this person and da 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 And I didn't have no idea that they was doing this. I'm just going everywhere casually. <laughs> but the whole time they were telling me, yeah, I was literally saying I'm with Crept and he's coming and so we need a table and we need to be looked after. And, we need... <laughs> and I was like, I don't even do that myself. Like, I've never, I've never actually, it was, I remember it was actually when I was on holiday with, with um, when I was going on holiday with Sasha one time, that I realised, like, I actually might need to use my name a little bit sometimes because um, I remember she was, like, she emailed the place we were staying. We were staying in some resort and she emailed them and was like, I'm just going to say who you are and who's coming and whatever and see if they'll give us, like, any perks. And then she's done that and said, yeah, this is coming, crept and da-da-da-da. This is the social media and blah, blah, blah. And then when we got there, they upgraded us into some crazy sweet villa thing. And it was just like, I was like, oh, okay. okay How oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah, so like, I do, I, like, but I, I don't know why. I just feel like, I, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to just be like, oh, this is who I am. I just go somewhere and it's like, if you reject me at the door, then I'm just going home. I'm not gonna it gets less cringe for you if you just get whoever you're traveling with to do it <laughs> i would definitely take yeah that yeah I think, I think that's i think yeah I, I just don't know i feel like but yeah they, a lot of the time my friends are saying you're too humble man like just be a bit of a diva sometimes and i'm just like just, it's not me I just you're can't. just waiting for the right moment yeah nah, like when you really need it <laughs> yeah so talking of um, amazing moments like what do you think has been the most kind of crazy experience, be it like showbiz party, is it an awards after party? Is it when you met like your celebrity hero? Is it a free gift? Like what um, has been like, I cannot believe this is my life right now moment. Um, there's a few. I think one of them was um, when I went to Toronto and we was with Drake and like, he just basically made us roll with him for the day. I think that was like a oh my god this is crazy because <laughs> I think we were, where was we we was um, oh yeah we went to he was doing his rehearsals for um, OVO Fest and yeah we was just there 
Like they told us just come meet them there and then he was doing his rehearsals and then after he was like, yo, we're going to watch um, Kevin Hart's show and then we're going to go out afterwards, like, you lot come. And then he had like loads of cars and he was just like, yeah, take one of the cars, innit? Like there's a driver oh in my it. God. There's a driver in the Ooh. car and he was just like, yeah, yeah, take, take, you lot take this car. And we jumped in one of the cars and then like, he, yeah, and then he just like had a trailer cars and then we was driving, we drove to Kevin Hart's thing. And then I think he even went on the wrong side of the road and then the police stopped him. And then he ran down the window and it was like, oh, Aubrey. And then they just let him go. And I was like, this guy literally <laughs> runs this city, but whatever. And then we, and then we, and then we got to, um, we got to, we went to Kevin Hart's show and then um, we went to, and then, yeah, then they, there was like an after party. Oh, and then we was rolling around and then Kevin Hart was there rolling and we went to one club and then we've gone in a club, YG, and that was in a club. And then we've gone to, a party, I think it was LeBron's, some LeBron's on some party thing, some mansion, and everyone, oh my God. All, everyone, yeah, it was crazy, it was just, yeah, and I was gone there, and there was loads of celebrities in there, and I was just like, and then, and Skepta was there, and Skepta was just like, yeah, this is where we should be, bruv, like, <laughs> and then forget, like, yeah. it was like, yeah, and, and, and that was like a kind of, I was like, wow, this is actually crazy, and then another time we was in, was we in New York? Yeah, it was in New York, and then, I think we just, we ended up at, um, Ace at Rocky's house and was just chilling with ASAP and was all just freestyling around the table and then <laughs> and then I was just like wow this is actually crazy like I'm just in ASAP's house we're just freestyling and we're just chilling busting jokes drinking and I was like this is actually mad like where the music's taken us like the music's yeah. actually taken us across the world and we're here with you know some of the biggest celebrities in the world just like it's nothing you know what I mean and it was just like yeah like this is actually crazy and then that's amazing. That, that was my two. And then I had another moment, which was like, um, like I had a, like a fanboy moment, but I had it in my head. I'll never forget. Yeah, I was. Um, it was actually another. It was, it was Drake's party. Drake did a party, but it was in London, um, and he had like a private little private thing. And then I was at the bar. I remember I was at the bar, and then I was just like, yeah, ordering a drink, and then. Um, someone spilled like the drink and like it kind of went all over me a bit and then there was and then I just I, I just remember thinking oh sh- damn it like the drink's gone everywhere and then there's like they got they got the tissue but I haven't looked back at who it was so this whole time and they're like oh it's tissue tissue, tissue. and then I literally turned around and it was Rihanna and I was like <gasps> My head was gone. I was oh, like, my oh my god! Did you know that you were like, for fuck's sake? No, 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 yeah. no. Because I, like, I was just like, oh, and then yeah, she, do it again, please. She was like, oh, get tissue, and I was like, oh no, no, it's fine, it's cool, it's cool, kind of thing. And it was just like, and then I actually looked back, and it was Rihanna, and then I was just like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? And then she was like, it's oh, quite alright. She was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and then I was like. It's definitely fine. Like, do not worry. Yeah. Then, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then yeah, and then she just went off. But yeah, that was that was like an. I would one. have passed out. <laughs> I um, nearly did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, you must have some quite um, energetic fans. You guys have got a very dedicated fan base. Yeah. Tell us about the weirdest DM you've ever had. The weirdest DM. Um, yeah, no, nah, I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, but I, ha- I have you. Um, <laughs> it's like not actually funny. Actually, yeah, it wasn't quite disturbing. Actually, it was disturbing. Yeah, it wasn't actually funny. Okay. Oh, okay. But, okay, um, God. Okay. Uh, crazy. One of the craziest interactions was when we was on tour. 
Remember we was in Torah, we was in Leicester. And I remember we ended up, it was it, like people started recognising us and then we ended up going into, I think it was JD Sports or Fort Locker, one of them. And then like literally the whole, basically the whole town centre was like trying to get in and they had to close the shutters in the stores and it was all banging on the shutters and I was like, it was like, how are we going to get out of here? That's actually distressing. And then they was like, oh, we're going to take you around the back. And then it was like, we went around the back and we tried to sneak around and one person caught us. And then it was like, <laughs> there they are. Set a signal. <laughs> when I mean, it was like a film, like literally a sea of people <laughs> running around the corner. And we was like, oh my God, we turn around. <laughs> and we're running, we're running. Like, and I've just looked back and I've seen loads of an army of people running to, behind us like i was like oh my god this is like a film and then <laughs> and then we like it was me conan and skepta and then we jumped in a, um, a cab and then like we're like to the driver drive 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 to the driver like, it's like, it's like drive the driver's taking so long as well he's like what is going on what is going on we're like bro drive are you crazy can you not see these people and then um yeah, and then, like, they open the door, they're grabbing my shirt, ripped my clothes. It's like, it's like, drive, bro, drive. And then he's driving off, and then he's managed to drive off. But it was like, it was crazy. It was like a scene out of a film. I'll never forget that day. And we was like, that is crazy. That is wild. It was wild. It was. Wow. It, was definitely it, it doesn't wild. also sound that pleasant. It sounds <laughs> no, but it was, it was like, it was fun, though, because it was like, we were speaking about it, like, this is crazy. Because we've talked a lot about the perks, the pros of fame, mm-hmm. as we're saying, but what about these other, like, downsides? And that's not to, um, you know, talk in a really glib way about how, like, oh, fame is so hard, but there is a price for fame. That's one yeah. of the main reasons we even wanted to start the podcast and talk about it, because mm-hmm. we've noticed, as, like, celebrity journalists, the idealised life of fame is not all it's cracked up to be a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and there are definitely big costs that come along with it too what have you found those to be yeah just the fact that uh, literally everything you do or say will be used against you <laughs> no but basically like <laughs> no just everything you do like if you um you know say anything that you know people are just gonna take it and 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 run with it and you know make conversation about it or like you know you can't even say like I remember Sasha posted, she was just complaining about Nala being sick from nursery, and then there was a whole conversation about nursery fees, and right, like it was, it's like it just made you think, oh, you actually can't really say anything because everything you do is in the public eye, or you know, what I'm saying, like you thousands just be, of people have an opinion on yeah, your you financial got, situation. You gotta, yeah, you just got to be careful with every kind of thing you post or. Sale. Particularly with parenting, I find the inst- the way people will ta- tear down mothers on Instagram for not parenting in the way they think they should be like, parenting is wild. Like, literally stuff like that, like, you know, Sasha will be out having fun, they'll be like, oh, you're a mother. It should be with your, like, what does that mean? Because I've got a child, it means now I can't have a life, I can't have fun, I can't go out. What does that mean? Why are you even, do you know what I mean? And it's like, people haven't, but the internet's given everybody the right to have an opinion and it's given people that don't even have real profiles the right to have an opinion so it's given mm. people that are anonymous to have opinions on real people even though they're real people but you know what i mean it's it's 
like everybody can say anything. Like I'll literally, you can literally say the sky is blue and someone will be like, yeah, but it's not really blue, is it? It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit yeah. green if you look at it. This like, And it's just like, bro, like literally everything you say, there's someone's got an opinion or alternative opinion on it. And it's just like, bro, leave me alone. So, literally. yeah. And I think that, and then, you know, sometimes you might not be in the mood for, you know, taking pictures or, or stuff like that because, you know, you could be having, like I remember when one of my f- family members passed away and then I went out and people was like, hey, Greg, oh, let me get a picture. And I was just like, I was literally not in the mood to take mm-hmm. any pictures or do anything, but they don't even, sometimes they don't even care or you could be eating your food and they'll stop you eating and say, can I get a picture mid, you know what I'm saying? Or when I'm with my daughter sometimes and my daughter's on a tangent and she's crying and she wants to do this and someone stops me and says, can I get a picture? And I'm like, I literally would love to take a picture but my daughter is literally giving me hell right now. And it's just stuff like that That's that is, that comes with it. But at the same time, it's kind of what you sign up for. But at the same time as well, like when I did music, I did music as a hobby and for fun. So I kind of, it's not like I signed up for it, but I did it because it was fun and I enjoyed doing it. And then it just, and then you kind of automatically sign up for it. And it's like, oh wait, now I'm here. I can't go back. This is it now. And you have to kind of just get on with it. So, yeah. Well, talking of people having an opinion, have you ever Googled yourself or like looked at what like people are saying about you on the internet? Have you had any really strange, like like when we, we interviewed H the other day and he was saying how like, obviously he's had, like many celebrities had the death hoax where like everyone, there was a new story saying he died and like he found out about it on the internet. Have you and had any of those oh, wild nah. moments? <laughs> no, nah. I just I've had people change and edit in my Wikipedia and stuff. <laughs> Is it your friends though? No, I don't know who's. That's doing what I would it. do if my friend was famous. Like yeah, like um, I remember one time someone put like crept um, the official crept making connoisseur. <laughs> and then they just started going in about all of the achievements I've made with crepes and I was just like these, these people are so annoying why would you do that <laughs> but yeah no I haven't like nothing that's been like mad crazy or dramatic or yeah. what would you say is like the most annoying misconception about you that's out there is there one yeah I think every single time you meet people they're like oh I just didn't expect you to be like this like oh so how did you expect me to be and they're just like I just thought you was an idiot or I just thought you was I don't know like I just thought you was a bit I'm like what's a bit because I've never given away that I'm a bit anything so what is and it's like no I just didn't think you was nice I just didn't think you was a nice person I didn't think you were so cool I just didn't think you were so humble I didn't think you were so so I feel like there's like wow you're so normal yeah just like I'm just like yeah I'm just a normal guy in it so I think that that was um. That was H's as well, that he was really upset that people oh, thought he wasn't nice. nice. Is it just like, maybe... It's an ego. It must be... I think it's because like, we rap and we're always just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like bravado. Yeah, like the aura of, a, of, a, of an artist in it is a lot. So they just think that you're full of yourself. And more time, we're just, you know, making music for entertainment purposes. And that's it. Also, because when we've interviewed you and Conan, we've always said, like, they're so nice. <laughs> like, you're both so sweet and... 
Like we've been just, like forcing you guys to jump through like annoying hoops, like going around Hatton Garden. Like, can you look at this? Could you look at this? Could you stand here? Then when we did the Facebook Live, at oh my cones, we're like, can we try this? Can we try that? Could you mix the drinks over here? Could you go over here? Just be- behind there a bit, please. Let's get you both in shot a bit more. Yeah, like, nah, we're cool, man. Like we're cool. I feel like there is that misconception that we're not. But I feel like that happens with a lot of artists where you think they're not cool and then you meet them and they're really nice people. And I think you think again if you operate outside the world of like media performance and celebrity that um well-known people run their own lives to such an extent that they're like i do me and that's it and actually when you have that access to like the music industry you realize that most performers are like massive people pleasers who have their whole day like diarized according to like other people's wants and needs Mm. and actually they have to be really flexible and they have to sit there and smile while journalists ask really annoying questions and they have to pose in these ways that actually they don't really like in clothes that maybe they wouldn't have chosen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're constantly negotiating, not doing what you actually want, mm. which is a massive irony of celebrity itself, I think. <laughs> yeah, true. But then there, there comes a point, like I'm now at a point where if I don't want to do something, I just feel like I'm not going to do it. Like I only want to do something that I enjoy or I'm going to enjoy or I like or I want to do. I feel like I'm at that point where I'm just going to do what I want to do. And if I don't want to do something, I'm just not. Because I feel like, you know, your your mental health has got to come first, man. And if, you you know, you're mentally, this is what you want to do, then, yeah, then I'm going to do it. And if I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So we always, when we come to the end of our episodes, ask our guests to set the record straight on something. For you, we wanted to put to you one of the, the top question on Google about you, mm-hmm. which is, is crept single? It was the top. The top the question. Top Google question. So are you able to, how are you and Sasha like navigating the dating world whilst having a baby and obviously being this amazing like business relationship <laughs> that you have? Is it a minefield dating with a newborn? Newborn, um, she's two. Well, a yeah. baby. Yeah. Sorry, baby. as you can probably tell, Ellie doesn't really know about babies. She's never held a baby. Never. So. Yeah, please bring that around. No, yeah. no, never. I will not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the woman who's never held a baby. <laughs> Actually, fair. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Maybe, but then I'll never hold one until I have I've my I've told own. you, when I have one, you can hold my baby. That's true. All the yeah. time. All right, yeah, fair. Good luck. Anyway, yeah, so. <laughs> Off track a bit there. So... Yes. Yes. First and foremost, is crep single? Yes. Discuss. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I am a single man. Um, And yeah, is that a good thing? Are you trying to consciously be single? Um, No, not consciously. (laughs) Okay. No, no, I'm not trying to. Like, I'm not purposely being single. Do you know what I mean? I feel like when you meet the right person, that's for you. Then you know, I'd always be open to jumping in the relationship and stuff um but yeah um yeah um yeah being single and and co-parenting is fine like um we're not like hindering each other's um personal like dating life or anything like that um so are apps a no-go for you being so well known most of our guests say i'd rather real life yeah i'd rather meet someone in person um, you can, you know, have little conversations with people on apps and kind of get a gist of how if you share the same kind of sense of humour or kind of similar personalities or whatever. But I always think real life is just 
That's the best place to meet. Anyway. Where's a good place to meet? I find that among my friends, it's really hard to meet people when you're out and about because... Everyone only talks to like their friends. Yeah. Do you know what I think, yeah? It's the best way to meet someone's through someone else. Yeah. A setup, a really yeah, strategic like a, setup. Like a, yeah, or just for a friend or like you're going out and someone's brought their friend and you know what I mean? Like that's, well, I feel like the best kind of mm. scenario because it's always through someone that you know or you trust so that, you know. Yeah, because whether in romance or even friendships and business, as someone with a profile, do you find it hard um, to, like, trust people or to know their motives? Or is that not a challenge that you've ever really had? Yeah, it's always going to be hard to, to trust people. But, you know, I always think that that that's that's a case for everyone because it's like, mm. you know, whenever you meet anybody, you're trying to trust them or into whatever aspect that is. Do you know mm. what I mean? I feel like you always got to find a trust in someone if you're going to build any relationship with with someone so it's I feel like that's not even just a, a me thing I feel like that's an everyone thing because if that was the case feel... we'd all, we'd all be in happily ever after isn't we yeah <laughs> that's true do you feel like um now you could only really be with someone that also has been through parenthood because otherwise they wouldn't like get it I don't know if that's no, a thing no, that you might feel no 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 I don't think so no I feel like as long as the person's willing to accept you, your your child, do you know what I mean? And that fact that you have a child, um, then it's fine. One of our very final questions is we ask all of our guests for a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. SOS, we need your help. Yeah, <laughs> which is how do you mix personal relationships with business? So Kathleen and I started off as colleagues. At G- we met at GQ um, and then we launched the podcast together a few years later. And one of the hardest things, which I think we're really good at, at now but when we were first launching was like how do you be best friends and business partners at the same time and not like drive each other up the wall and make space for the friendship yeah Yeah. and how do you give critical feedback to someone that you really love um without hurting their feelings i mean you must have had to do that with conan for many a year yeah i think we're the perfect example of being friends and business partners i guess and I think that's why we have, because we're actually honest. Like, if I do something and Cohen's like, bro, that verse ain't it, man. Or if I say something and say, nah, this Cohen's, this one ain't it, bro. This is just, no, I'm not feeling this one. Then at least we know and we're honest. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like if if you can't be honest with someone, then I don't feel like your relationship's fully there. I feel like you need to be able to be honest with, with someone, even if you think it's going to hurt their feelings. Like... Feel like the truth will just set you free. Like if you just say, "This is how I'm feeling." Yes, yeah, so that that would be my number one rule: is honesty. Be honest and don't take anything personal. Because if someone wasn't honest, if someone's honest with you, it means they care. And if they didn't care, they wouldn't feel they need to say anything because they don't really care enough to be honest with you. So don't. I don't take when people are honest. I don't take it personal. I just take it as if they they the fact that they. I appreciate them being honest with me about their opinion and that and, goes a long way. And your feedback, do you like to do it, like, are you one of those people that does it on WhatsApp, voice note, email, or you're like, we need to meet? Like, if you feel like you need to, like, oh, give some serious... Okay. Yeah, have you worked on your, like, delivery over yeah. the years? Do you know how to, like, let Conan down gently? Because it's so hard not to be passive-aggressive sometimes when you're trying really hard not to be rude. That's we always say thing. it's in writing. Yeah. So it's like when we're on WhatsApp and someone's like, oh, I think I've had this really good idea for this. And the other person's like, um, 
I don't think that's a good idea, but I hear you. Um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> just in writing, it's a little bit harder to do than when you're just with one another. Yeah, no, I think if you send a note on a bird or something, it, no. <laughs> but no, I, to be to be honest, we're, like as well, do you know what it is with me and Conan because we know each other. We kind of sometimes don't even need to say anything. Like I, I can tell when Conan doesn't like something because he, do, he doesn't have much. No, he doesn't have much to say on it. <laughs> oh. oh god yeah so he's someone who like if you send him something like what do you think he'd be like yeah yeah I heard it it's, it's, it's alright still that means no oh. if he likes something he will be like bro this is hard with 100 R's <laughs> or like you just know like and his facial expression as well like because I know him so I'd, sometimes I don't even have to have that conversation with him because I just know he doesn't like this or he doesn't feel this or he's not really do you know what I mean yeah. yeah. But with oh, other people, so um, I feel like in every way I'll either say it on a message, or I'd say it on an email, or I'd say it on the phone. Like, I don't really mind, like, to just deliver news to people. I'm not really someone that has issues with delivering bad news. No, I think also women do find that harder, yeah, gen- as a general rule. Yeah, definitely. So we always ask our guests, about whether they've done therapy and their experience of it, whether there's something they would like to thank their therapist for. I know when we were researching for this chat, we saw that you said maybe three, four years ago now that for you, you personally rather talk to friends and family rather than going down like the professional therapy route. I wondered if that's changed, if that's still how you feel, um, how you look after your mental health and keep yourself in tip-top condition Mm -hmm. despite all the stresses and pressures that you're dealing with every day. Um, yeah, no, I did think that, but after having a kid, bloody hell, I feel like I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, um, <laughs> do you know what? I've, 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 been, I've just asked people, like, how do they find therapy? And everybody's always positive about it and says that it's helped. So it's not something I wouldn't ever do. Um, I don't know if I'm one of them people that just bear up everything and soak up everything and then one day I'm just going to be like, do you know, I need to go see a therapist today. I feel like I'm more like that kind of person, but I feel like I'm good at getting on with things myself and I speak to a lot of, I've got a lot of friends that I can get honest opinions from on things or speak to or vent to. Um, So, you know, I feel like that helps. And, you know, a lot of people don't have that. Do you know what I mean? They don't have a lot of people they can go to or turn to. So I understand when someone wants to go and see a therapist. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm not against it at all. Um, but I just haven't felt that I needed to go and see one mm. um, at this point. One of our guests said um, the reason they hadn't got therapy was because they were worried that their therapist would, like, tell people about their problems <laughs> because they were famous. Oh, really? And, yeah. And I was like, like, no, they definitely can't do that. It's illegal, right? Yeah, they have to sign, like, a patient... Confidentiality. But then yeah. again, there are some bad therapists out there. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So you're allowed to tell your therapist anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you allow you can tell them whatever you like, and they have to. So what about people like, that honor t- your confidentiality? So what about if if a person admits to a therapist they've committed a crime? Oh yeah, so I think that there's like for priests and therapists, and then there's probably some other role that I can't remember what it is that's like that. Oh. If someone tells them something that's like they've com- committed like a murder or like some you know beyond the pale like crime, then I think in that or they could be like a harm to themselves or someone else. Mm. Then in that context, they can. Okay, cool. But. Yeah, even so, like, the client confidentiality, I think, should be always, always like, yeah, yeah. the baseline. 
Are you like spiritual? I know um, that you grew up as a Muslim, but I don't know if you're like practicing or particularly religious yeah, these days. I'm, I, Do you I'm have Muslim. any kind of spiritual I would practice? obviously always like to get closer to my religion. It's like finding, mm. you know, the balance of this world of that we're living in and, you know, the desires of this world and then also... But I feel like that's what balances me out. Like, every Ramadan, I feel like it always resets me and balances me out and reminds me, like, of, you know, just all the things that are important in in this life in terms of, you know, just giving back, charity, um, being grateful. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot that it reminds me and resets me every single year as well. And then, it, and then I always get on this, like, yeah, I need to do better. I need to try more. I need to do this. Um, so, yeah. Okay, to finish, yeah. um, we're going to ask you a question that's come from one of our previous guests. Uh, for you, it is Sean Paul. You actually did touch on this earlier, so I'll be interested to see, to see if it's the same. But he wants to know, what made you want to be famous? If I'm being honest, I never, ever had plans to be famous. Like, I didn't plan. Yeah. Like, it was never a part of the plan. I think I wanted to be a footballer until I injured my knee. I know that's the typical story that every single guy on this planet uses that. Yeah, I was a footballer until I injured my knee. But I actually loved playing <laughs> football, injured my knee. And Did then... you have a feeling that you were going to achieve something big then, I guess, rather than fame? Because what Sean Paul said, like, of his own yeah, question himself was that... Yeah, he grew up feeling like, I know that I'm going to achieve something really big. And he yeah, thought that everyone felt like that. And it was only chatting to his brother, who his brother was like, no, man, I don't really care about that. I have like, I'm going to have a perfectly nice life, but I don't have this higher purpose that I have to achieve where I'm going to be different to everyone else in the world. Whereas he had always felt that like burning desire. Yeah, I did. Always had that? I did. Oh, my mum always always say it to me. My dad was like, you're a special kid. Like, mm. like when I was in school and stuff, I always, like, people always, I always stood out, people always loved me, people took a liking to me, I was always, like, able to, you know, like, in, in for example, when I was in secondary school, I remember we needed a, um, we wanted, like, a, a community room with, like, games and all of this stuff, and then the school was like, yeah, but we can't afford to do it. And I managed to get the whole school to contribute and give me money to go and fund this community room. Like, literally, everyone... Oh. I had everybody on a subscription of 20p a week or something like that. And everybody would give me 20p a week and then eventually had a couple hundred pounds. And I took wow. it to the school and said, hey, guys, we've we got the money to do this community room. I just remember the, the lady saying, oh, thank you, took it, took the box, and then the community room never, ever happened. So... Oh, no. What? Yeah, it was, it was a really sad time. That that story did not end how I thought no, it was going to end. No. I thought it was going to be like gonna an uplifting, Yeah, no, definitely. Inspiring. I just remember them taking the box and putting it in the back and never saw that box again. Wow. And they were just saying, oh, yeah, we, you know, just started giving us excuses. I knew from then, like, I had that, I was that, had that ability to get everyone together to kind of create this thing and get everybody to trust me. And I probably don't trust me after that, but. They all knew, actually. Like, they all did <laughs> yeah. know that I actually took yeah. it to the school because we always used to, like, bang on about it as a community in school. But, um, yeah, like, you know, from there, it was, like, kind of things like that where it was, like, people always used to say, no, like, how did you do that? Or only you, only you could have done that. Like, yeah. it was kind of like that. So I always felt like, you know what I mean? I had that little... Um, Got the X Factor, you know honey. I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. To be fair, you do give off very... I feel like you're you're very trustworthy and I feel like... Very determined is the vibe I've always... Yes, I'm very trustworthy. I feel like me and Conan just being together so long in a partnership shows how 
trustworthy. Do you know what I mean? We are like our, our loyalties in terms of, you know, we've never argued about money or been disloyal or been distrustful about anything to do with anything. Like, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people that know me know that like I'm a trustworthy person. Like I've never done, you know, my ex is a testimony to that. So you can ask Sasha or Sasha, you know, she, she'll say, <laughs> she'll like, yeah, you can trust this guy with your life. Like, you've never, do you know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah. I mean, yeah, to go into business yeah, with your did. ex, I mean, that's literally like the best seal of approval Run a 15 ever. Yeah, you know million I mean? pound business together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got to have a lot of trust. Yeah, oh, Nala is a lucky little lady. Lucky little baby. Little lucky bugs. little babes. Oh. Yeah. Lucky little baby. Well, thank you so much, Crept. We just wanted to finish on your question for the next guest. Yes. We're not going to tell you who it is mm-hmm. because we don't know. It's going to be a question about their experience of fame. And they'll Something be very famous. Fame. Okay. Mm. Um, question. How would you advise people to deal with the negatives of fame? Nice. Very nice. Solid. We need to actually know that. Well, not us, because we we'll never say <laughs> this, but... Not relevant for us. <laughs> yes, that would be my question. Uh, we'd like to know the answer. We would like to know the answer. How they do it. All right. Yeah. Thanks. So what are you up to tonight? Are um, you watching films? Are you reading books? You're a bit of a cinema fan, are you not? Yes, I am. I am. Um, you know what? We're very spontaneous. We just do last minute, come and go here, and then we'll just go. We'll probably go out somewhere to eat or something. Is, is, is the we you and Conan? Yeah, me, Conan, Cos... That's the trio that's in Manchester. It's the Manchester trio. Nice. Yeah. Well, have fun. Thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Gang, we hope you enjoyed that just as much as we did. Please stay tuned for next week, next Thursday, as always, nice and early. We are going to be taking you guys to the Maldives, to the Standard, to show you how you can have the most incredible bucket list once in a lifetime holiday on what is actually a really rather meagre budget you're gonna love it